2: Yama and welcome to Night TV Radio. Today is Friday, the 7th of April 2023. It's Good Friday for Christians from right across the world. Today also marks the beginning of Parjama, a festival of lights in Pantwe. Alice Springs. So, over the next 10 days, Pajima will feature an incredible lineup of Indigenous artists and trailblazers performing or participating in powerful conversations. And one of the most anticipated participants in Pajima is Charlie Ma Jr. and he will join us on the program today to talk to us about uh, how running has changed his life. Charlie Ma Jr. is the first Indigenous Australian man to run And finish all six major marathons. And uh, earlier this week, the Liberal Party announced they would call for a no vote in the upcoming referendum on Indigenous Voice to Parliament. Well, in the program today, we bring you some of the reactions from some of the most influential advocates for Indigenous recognition. Also, today is Good Friday two days away from Easter. Coinciding with Easter 2023, a new Easter cookbook has just been launched, featuring recipes that showcase delicious and responsibly farmed seafood. To learn more about this cookbook, we'll be joined by indigenous celebrity chef Mark Olives. All these stories and more coming to you after the latest news, broadcasting from Nam on the Cooling Nation this Friday afternoon. Bertrand Tungendamengaya. Australia Day 1972
3: saw the first Aboriginal embassy directed outside Parliament the night of The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came.
0: I am sorry. <laughs>
2: In this bulletin, former Indigenous Affairs Minister Ken Wyatt quits the Liberal Party over its stance on the voice to Parliament. New South Wales Premier Chris Mintz rules out a cap on rent increases. And Israel launches airstrikes on Gaza in retaliation to Rocket Salvo. Former Indigenous Affairs Minister Ken Wyatt has quit the Liberal Party over its stance on the voice-to-parliament referendum. The party has reportedly accepted the resignation from Mr Wyatt, who was the nation's first Aboriginal person to hold the Indigenous Australians' portfolio. Mr Wyatt told the West Australian, I still believe in the Liberal Party values, but I don't believe in what the Liberals have become. Meanwhile, one of the architects of the Uluru Statement from the Heart has launched a blistering attack on the Liberal Party after its leader announced they would formally oppose the Indigenous Voice referendum. Academic Noel Pearson says he believes the Liberals will bring the country to shame, but that the referendum will still succeed without their
3: support. They will bring the country to shame. Dutton is is trying to bury the Uluru statement. He's trying to kill it off in the next six months. He's trying to bury Uluru, um, but I don't think he will succeed.
2: The Australian Council of Social Services, ACOS, has welcomed the progress towards a voice to parliament. ACOS Chief Executive Officer Cassandra Goldie says they're excited to finally see work commenced six years after the Uluru Statement from the Heart came
1: out.
0: Let's listen, let's make sure that we walk this road towards this referendum. Um, in solidarity with First Nations people to deliver a yes vote. Uh, There is no question for us that the right vote is to vote yes.
2: Ms Goldie says it's important to start having conversations with First Nations leaders, family and friends to give momentum to the referendum. Native title owners say the South Australian government hasn't consulted widely enough in their development of a state voice to parliament. Native Title Services supports Native Title groups to get land recognition and offer support during the process. South Australian Native Title Services Chief Executive Officer Keith Thomas says it's very important there is a state voice to Parliament but says they are concerned about the model and the structure.
0: Our concerns are that they haven't engaged with the Native Title sector at all. That means that um, it should have been the Native Title groups who formed at least the local level within that structure, because they're the ones who have won their native title rights, they've gone through a whole lengthy legal process to be recognised as the traditional owners of that country, and now they're going to go through a process where other people will be speaking and advising over, over the, that country.
2: Mr Thomas says some native title owners will be disenfranchised from the process because they're stolen generations and leave interstate after being taken away from their own country. The ancient McDonnell Ranges outside Alice Springs have been lit up with Aboriginal designs at the occasion of the Pajima Light Festival. The 10-day free event is a celebration of Aboriginal culture and Central Western desert art featuring light installations, music, dance, film, talks and workshops. The festival's theme for 2023 is Listening with Heart, a plea as Australia approaches the vote on a constitutionally enshrined First Nations voice to Parliament. The centrepiece of this year's light installations was inspired by the artwork surrounding the 2017 Uluru Statement from the Heart, with python shapes from the statement's design snaking across the landscape. Curator Roder Roberts said that the event was significant in the context of the referendum. New South Wales Premier Chris Mintz has ruled out a carbon rent increases. Addressing the massive rise in rents across the Greater Sydney Area, Mr Mintz said he cannot produce miracles and has decided against regulating he said he will focus instead on supply and vouch to create more housing, which he says should in majority be provided by the private sector. Chris Means claims that the crisis has been going on for years and that he cannot provide a short-term solution. He made the announcement at a graduation ceremony while surrounded with essential workers and younger people, whom he recognized, he recognized as the first affected by the explosion of rents. Chris Means concluded that without action on supply, a generation of young people will be lost. Labour was recently brought back to power in New South Wales and campaigned on an increase of high density housing near transport hubs, especially in the western part of Sydney. China is reiterating its concerns regarding Australia's nuclear submarine agreement with the United States made under the AUKUS alliance. Under the agreement signed last week by Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, Australia is set to receive eight nuclear-powered submarines from the U.S. from 2030. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin urged the three allies to change course.
0: The United States, Britain and Australia are running an Anglo-Saxon cabal, pushing hard for nuclear submarine cooperation and coercing the International Atomic Energy Agency to endorse it. China has stated its grave concern and firm opposition.
2: The Israeli military said it has struck targets in the Gaza Strip following a day of rocket fire from the Palestinian territory and from Lebanon. Warplanes flying overhead and explosions were heard in Gaza this morning, just after midnight local time. This comes shortly after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu promised a strong response to rockets fired at Israel. It was not immediately clear what was targeted. In Sudan, hundreds of protesters took to the streets of the capital, Khartoum, yesterday to protest attempts by the country's military to maintain their rule. Security forces made the demonstrations in Khartoum with tear gas and stun grenades. No injuries were immediately reported. The Sudanese military took power after a coup in 2021. Talks are ongoing between the military rulers and pro-democracy opposition about a transition to civil rule. But the talks have met with a deadlock, and the expected signature of a settlement between the two sides has been postponed for the second time. Abu Bakr Mustafa, a protester and member of the Khartoum resistance committees, says protesters reject the settlement in any case.
0: On the anniversary of April the 6th, the great anniversary of the Sudanese revolution, the great December revolution, and coinciding with the current political situation and the framework agreement, most of us in the street do not agree with the framework agreement and do not go along
2: with it. Nearly two-thirds of Australians have decided to stay home this Easter due to cost of living pressures. According to a survey commissioned by Tourism and Transport Forum, 40% of the Australians who are staying home are unable to afford accommodation or travel expenses. Of the 36% who will be travelling, most will stay in their home state. Forum Chief Executive Officer Maji Osmond says it's a concerning situation for tourism operators who are still struggling to recover from the pandemic.
0: The really important part about this is while things are a lot better than they were 12 months ago, this cost of living issue is really going to impact for the industry and it is way too early for anyone to say that the tourism industry has recovered. We will be uniquely vulnerable if there is a significant drop in domestic travel because we still don't have international travellers back at the level we need.
2: And to sports in football, Carlton will hope to fix up their woes in front of goal as they aim to continue their undefeated start to the AFL season against North Melbourne in round four. The Blues have two wins and a draw from their three games, but their ability to learn the killer blow has come into question after they coughed up a late lead in their draw against Richmond and then let GWS keep last weekend's clash closer despite dominating large portions. Carlton's accuracy was a major flaw against the Giants, kicking a woeful 9 20 and needing a gift let goal via a controversial descent free kick to hold on for a 10 point win. Blues boss Michael Voss said returning to Marvel Stadium was unlikely to make the difference. And now, having a look at the weather around the country Brome, partly cloudy 26, Perth, a shower of 225, Adelaide, much the same 22, Melbourne, showers and a possible storm on the top of 22. 20- top of 19, not 29. It's much cooler in Melbourne. And Hobart showers, 21. Albury-Wodonga, cloudy, 17. Canberra, much the same, 19. Wollongong showers and a possible storm, 23 degrees. Sydney, similar conditions, 24. Newcastle, still showers and a possible storm, 26. Brisbane, the same, 27. Townsville, partly cloudy, 31. Cairns possible shower, 32 degrees. Alice Springs, a sunny day, 30. Darwin, showers and a possible storm, 32 degrees. And a Strait Islands, a partly cloudy day ahead and a top of twenty nine degrees, and that is NITV Radio News.
0: NITV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one PM or any time online.
2: I'm Bertrand Tungandame and you're listening to NITV Radio, coming to you from Nam on the Kulin Nation this Friday afternoon. Still to come on NITV Radio today, we have a conversation with Charlie Ma, the first Indigenous Australian man to run all six major marathons. Charlie Ma will join us ahead of his participation at Pajama 2023, an event that kicks off in Pantui today in Alice Springs. Also, some of the most influential advocates for Indigenous recognition, Neil Pearson and Ken Wyatt, react to the Liberal Party's decision to oppose Indigenous voice to Parliament. Also joining us on NITV Radio today, celebrity Indigenous chef Mark Olive. Joining us to talk about a new Easter cookbook promoting responsible seafood eating and supporting local producers. But first, let's hear how running has made Charlie a better person.
0: NITV Radio. Share our stories on Facebook.
2: Pajima Festival in Light, the only authentic Aboriginal Light and Art Festival of its kind in the world, is just around the corner for 2023. Pajima is not just about art it also brings together indigenous trial blazers taking part in powerful conversations and one of the anticipated speakers and presenters at pajama 2023 is charlie ma jr the first indigenous australian to finish all six major marathons i'm pleased to say that charlie ma has accepted to share his story with us on nitv radio welcome to nitv radio charlie
4: yeah, no, thanks for having me.
2: Now, you are a great marathon runner with uh, several records under your belt, and uh, that alone is very inspirational. What other stories will you be sharing at Pajama 2023?
4: Yeah, well, it'll be just mainly talking about my journey. Obviously, I, I was born in Alice Springs, and a lot of my family are from, from Dari, which is Emmonsburg, which is 120km west of Alice Springs, less um, Western west Arndam, so growing up here in Alice and also spending a lot of time out bush with all my family. Um yeah, it's um I reflect, you know, back on my journey on how I grew up and where I've how far I've come and the places that I've been to now, right across the world as you said, and obviously I've I've tried my best to grab every opportunity that came my way. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to being a part of the festival and sharing my story and journey, and like I said, I'm from Alice Springs, so um, yeah, it's, it's very special to be able to have this opportunity to do this, and um, very grateful of it as well. You're
2: very humble, but your story is uh, very unique. You're one of the inaugural marathon runners in the Indigenous Marathon Project. I was competing in New York, and then going on to compete in uh, other cities. People don't just join the Indigenous Marathon Project for the sake of it. They join with a purpose. What was your purpose in joining the Marathon Project and uh, setting record after record thereafter?
4: Yeah, well, I was, I was very lucky as a, as a kid. I had a very, very strong mother um, who kept myself and my siblings in the, you know, in the right direction. We didn't grow up with a lot, but our faith is very strong, and that was her number one thing having having faith and and family didn't matter what we had growing up as long as we we loved each other and you know she told us she loved us and we loved her and and that's all all that ever mattered to us we knew that if we were cared for we could go on and do anything you know have that support from her mainly is you know is helped me to be the person I am today and the values that I've learned along the way and and my culture and um being respectful and listen to my elders and I've always tried my best to keep grounded and remember who I am and where I come from and she instilled a lot of that to us at a very young age and we've kind of carried it on so yeah as you said it's it's quite difficult to do what I've done but I've had a very strong purpose and I've always I've always just wanted to make my mum proud and um you know, sadly, she passed away two years ago, but her legacy lives on with me, and it, it always will, and I'm so grateful I've got all these opportunities, and she, she, she saw me, you know, go away and, and run these marathons around the world. She did. It, she got very nervous I was when I was going away, but she was also very proud to let people know what I've done as well. So just to make her proud is, you know, that's all I ever wanted to do um, in life, just to repay her for what she did for myself and my siblings, you know, in return to make her feel proud um, that she's helped me become a really strong man and role model and leader now to a lot of people, um, not only in Australia, but, you know, right across nationally as well now. So, um, you know, I'm I'm very grateful and, and very humbled to be able to do what I do. And I'll continue to do it for a very long time. So yeah Very grateful
2: Yeah It's sad The passing of your mum And uh, more recently The passing of your sister Two key figures And role models In your life Uh, Very sorry To hear about that
4: Yeah So obviously My my older sister Passed away Late last Last year In May as well So Growing up I only trusted my mum And my older sister Growing up So I didn't trust Anyone else To look after me (laughs) Um and yeah, when, when my sister passed away so suddenly with cancer last year, you know, it was, I had a purpose on why I'd do London and last year and she's told me to do it and, uh, you know, I've, I've completed all six major marathons. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's never been about myself, it's always been about other people and that's how I grew up, it's always been make sure you look after each other and one another and Look out for others and make an impact on others and and that 's what my older sister did before she passed. She said, "You know this will be something positive and will help you through the healing process you know she didn't obviously she she was going through a lot of pain and you know with her treatment and stuff and um but she always thought about others just like our mum, like I said you know we were grateful to have our mum and she she helped us to be really good people and try our best and the legacy goes on, obviously, with myself and uh, my siblings as well, so I'm very, very lucky to be able to do what I do and, and yeah, very, very giving of time to others and sharing my story and journey as well.
2: Yeah, now, running has been uh, life-changing for you, especially participating in uh, the Indigenous Marathon Project. It's said that participants in the program commit to engage in promoting indigenous health and a uh, healthy living lifestyle. What was your commitment or what have you been up to reflecting this commitment?
4: Well, obviously I work with the Contar Foundation here in Alice Springs, um, something that I've done for 59 years now and I also have a purpose to guide young men into the right direction Like um, and you know, to be good role models and leaders as well. So I have that life experiences that I can share to them. And What I try and tell anyone that I cross paths with is you put your mind to anything, you can achieve anything, um, but you've got to give a 100% in whatever you do and whether it's running or educational, or, yeah, anything you put your mind to. Um, that's what I try and, you know, let people know that everyone's. Good at something, so you just have to find that something. So, so that's what I do. You know, outside of running, is work for the Contar Foundation in Alice Springs, and and I, I also love spending time with my family, my kids, my wife, and um, as well. So, and, and I coach women's footy as well. So, wow. I always, I just keep busy. I just, I'd love, love to keep busy, and I love giving, and love, 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 love giving to others, and um, making time, and it's a part of my life. I, I believe that I've been given the gift. Um so I'll I'll try my best to share my what what you know, what what I know and through my experiences and I just hope that I can inspire others to to do the same as well.
3: Yeah,
2: I can see your personal experience and your personal journey really influencing the youth, especially in your hometown of Valley Springs, a place that has been under media scrutiny lately for the wrong reasons, I might say, with the youth going off the rail. What would you say to the local youth of your hometown of Alice
4: Springs? There's, there's, There's a lot of positive things that happen that don't get noticed as well, so I think a lot of people do a lot of positive things without people knowing about it, and there is, this is I love Alice Springs, you know, I've been away for eight years and I've come back home now, so um it's a great place to live. You know, the scenery is great. And like anywhere, there's always things happening, um, you know, uh, with the youth and and that kind of thing. I think for me, I, I just, I try my very best to think of the positives and and for me to share my story and journey, you know, I, I hope that there are youths around that can hear my story and they can understand that I'm just just like them. Like I grew up here in Alice Springs, and I got into trouble, but I found a, a direction in life, and and I kind of just, you know, sometimes you just need that little spark to try and get you back, get you on track. And uh, I've always tried to think about the positive. I, I'm not on social media that much. Uh, I kind of stick or stick clear of it. Yeah. Um. I just always just think of positive things that happen here and you know and share that with others and that's why I'm doing you know being a part of the Pajima festivals because I want to share my story and journey and let people know that you know I come from Alice Springs and and I'm, I've traveled the world by just my actions and I've grabbed every opportunity so you know I think you know if we can Share more of those stories, and, and this is one of many. There's, there's plenty of other stories, and positive stories around here in Alice Springs, with people doing really pretty, great things as well. So if we can continue to share those stories and listen to those people on what they've done as well, it's, it's only going to make it a better, you know, environment, and, and you know, we can have hope for those youth or or anyone in general as well.
2: Yeah. No you're living example that uh you know if you put your mind to it, you can turn your life around and not just run one marathon but six of them improving mm-hmm. your record each time you run. this is just a feat you're the first uh, actually indigenous runner to go uh, the under three three hours and uh, you improved on that, mm-hmm. and then you went on to do all the six tremendous success. not everyone yeah. can even run a marathon, you run all the six of them and each time doing better and better and better, which is just fantastic now charlie before i let you go the mic is open to you any closing words that uh, you'd like to add to our conversation
4: oh just i'd just like to thank yourself and you know i'm always i'm always happy to chat to anyone like um yeah i've always got time for people it's so important to, for me to share my story and journey and just like to thank everyone for their support, like you know people that I know but also people that i don 't even know that have been touched by uh, my story and journey and, and also i 've made an impact on their lives so, you know really want to thank them as well but i've had so much support and so grateful of of all the support that i've i 've gotten over the journey it 's been thirteen years of you know being a part of running you know and running marathons and It's a part of my life. It's part of my lifestyle and, and I'll, you know, I'll I'll always do it and, but always, always thankful of the support that I've had, especially from Rob Costello, all the Indigenous Marathon Foundation staff and graduates and my family and my wife and kids, you know, the, the list goes on. It's just so much, so much support that I'm very grateful of. And yeah, I hope, I hope I can continue to inspire others to be better and, healthier and look after themselves and their well along, along, along the way as well so, so thank you everyone
2: Well Charlie Ma thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on short notice, it's been a really a great pleasure talking to you today
4: no, Thank you, thank you for your time
0: Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile, you're with NITV Radio
2: Well, the first Aboriginal person to hold the Federal Indigenous Australians' portfolio, Ken Wyatt, has quit the Liberal Party over its decision to campaign against the voice to Parliament. At the same time, one of the most influential advocates for Indigenous recognition, Neil Pearson, has described the Liberal Party's stance as a Judas betrayal and condemned Peter Dutton as an undertaker trying to bury the Uluru Statement from the heart. Alex Anifantis reports.
0: Liberal MP Ken Wyatt entered into the Parliament in his traditional buka, a kangaroo skin cloak. He achieved many firsts. At the height of his political career, the member for Hasluck was the first Liberal Minister of Aboriginal Heritage.
4: I, Kenneth George Wyatt, do swear that I will well and truly serve the people of Australia in the Office of Minister for Indigenous Australians.
0: Now, the man with Noonga, Yamaji and Wanji heritage is handing back his party membership card. Kim White had tried to progress a voice to Parliament, handing multiple proposals to Cabinet, and sat on the Indigenous Working Group that formulated the referendum question alongside Noel Pearson. Mr. Pearson is open with his views on the Liberal Party and its leader Peter Dutton.
3: They will bring the country to shame, um, but my view is they will not succeed. You know, I I, I think uh, Dutton is. Is trying to bury the Uluru
0: statement. He's trying to kill it off in the next six months. The Cape York figure has been spending 15 years trying to convince conservative politicians to back more than just symbolic recognition. But the majority of Liberal Party MPs and Senators are strongly against the proposal. Peter Dutton spoke to Channel 7 explaining the reasoning behind that stance. I believe very strongly we want to stand up for Australians I'm advocating a no vote because I don't believe it's in our country's best interests and I
3: don't believe that it's going to deliver the practical outcomes for people in regional and rural areas.
0: Prime Minister Anthony Albanese spoke to Sky News. Australians will, I believe, I believe, uh, come together and build a better future. Uh, Peter Dutton has turned up with a sledgehammer because that's all he has in his toolkit while Mr Pearson says the Liberal Party is completely out of touch with the will of the Australian citizens.
3: And the lesson from Aston and I suspect the lesson that will be learned at the referendum in October will be that the Liberals at the moment are completely out of step with the sentiment of the Australian people. The Australian people are with us on recognition. They're with us on reconciliation. And they're with us on the voice to Parliament. And I think Mr Dutton has made a grievous mistake here.
0: The Federal Opposition Spokesman on Indigenous Australians, Julian Lisa, has questioned the definition of who is Indigenous in Australia. Mr Pearson says that question is dangerous and offensive.
3: Because I'm wondering whether Julian expects us to wear a tattoo, identifying ourselves as Indigenous. Is that what he's saying? Or that our clothes should be adorned with some kind of badge identifying us as Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander? I think it's a completely dangerous idea and suggestion and extremely
0: offensive. This is not just a debate happening in Australia. Pacific nations in the region with First Nations cultures are also watching on. The position Australia takes and the tenor of the debate could determine how closely those countries support Australia and whether they see the politics of this country aligning with their view of how First Nations communities should be treated. Mr Pearson warns it'll be a bumpy road ahead. We're going to hit
3: some extreme lows in the debate, but my advice to my people is that we always take the high road.
0: Alex Anifantis, SBS News. Your community, your conversation. NITV Radio. Bangalong Man,
2: Mark Olive, has been a chef for over 25 years and has become a well-known Australian celebrity with his charismatic style and creative approach to food, starring in his own television series, The Outback Cafe. And I'm glad to say Mark has just joined us to talk about a new Easter cookbook. Now, welcome to NITV Radio, Mark.
1: Hi, Bertram. How are you?
2: Yeah, can you tell us about uh, this new cookbook? That's not just about food; it's uh, also much more than that.
1: Yeah, it's about, it's um, look part of the Agricultural Stewardship Council's responsibility farm seafood. Um, when entertaining for friends and family, you can you know talk about the sustainability of um, the seafood and how it's farmed. Um, you know, AAC certified seafood is farmed. It's farmed with care, but also with the future in mind. So, you know, they're practicing those environmental practices with the issues that, you know, we're overfishing oceans. And so it's all about the responsible farming of our seafood.
2: So it's a book about uh, responsible farming, also supporting local farmers, I
1: gather. Yeah, totally. And ASC it sets the high standards in the industry. You know, covering hundreds of requirements that include you know the water quality of these uh, the seafood where where it's, where it's being produced, uh, the animal welfare, and the fair treatment of um, for workers as well.
2: And uh, you, as a chef, uh, really with over twenty five years experience, when you buy seafood for your table, is there a rule of what and uh, where you buy it?
1: I usually buy local. Um, I live on the south coast in Wollongong, and, yeah, I try to eat local. We have lots of flathead. We have lots of brim along the coast there, Uh, tailor fish, which is beautiful. Um, But, yeah, I like to eat local, but there are certain, you know, fishes that you you really, really want to try. And, you know, the salmon and everything responsible farming for all of that is uh, really important as well.
2: And uh, do you have a personal favourite when it comes to fish and cooking fish?
1: God, oh, God, I, I love flatheads, but I do love barramundi as well. Um, barramundi's got that lovely, lovely texture. I love swordfish. It's nice and firm, but also the kingfish. And I've included the kingfish uh, recipe in uh, for the book, uh, which you'll find in there with that lovely lemon myrtle scent. So it's got those indigenous flavours that come through.
2: Yeah, because you're very known for using indigenous plants and uh, uh, spices and herbs, uh, which you promote really very successfully in your cooking. Can you tell us more about the secrets of your
1: cuisine? Well, you know, it's all about experimentation. Bertrand, I've been doing this for over 30 years now in this space with indigenous foods. I've seen the the growth of the industry over the last 40 years and been involved in a lot of, you know, of the um, uh, looking and foraging for this food. So it is exciting to see now a lot of chefs using the things like the lemon myrtles, the wattle seeds, the sea parsley, the river mints. but not only that, the fruits as well, like the Kwondongs. The lemon aspens and also we've got this lovely fruit called the bush tomato has a lovely savory flavor and it's very tomatoey but very smoky at the same time so a lot of our indigenous herbs cross over in flavor and also texturally uh, the fruits are quite different the condong is very bitter we have the davison plum extremely bitter but a lot of the fruits in the indigenous range are very high in vitamin c and uh, great antioxidants, and a lot of that stuff now, like the Kakadu plum, is um, becoming renowned now as a superfood.
2: Yeah, the Kakadu plum is renowned for having one of the highest uh, content in vitamin C of any plant in the world. And yeah. some of the ingredients you just uh, spoken about, like the lemon mato, is really quite. I would say, common. Once I uh, went into a cafe and they had uh, cakes with a uh, lemon mato. Uh, How would one get hold of these ingredients because uh, it's not uh, readily available in all
1: supermarkets? Yeah, exactly right, Bertrand. Look, um, in Sydney, if you're in Sydney, look up in Biggie Grow. They're a small horticultural body that um, work out of La Perouse Public School and also over at Marrickville. You know, they sell the dried herbs, but also the plants. So they're propagating these plants where people can go in, buy them, and plant them in their yards. But in Sydney, that contact is in DigiGrow.
2: In DigiGrow. no, we put that on our website so people know where to really yeah, yeah. get these ingredients. Now, Easter is uh, just around the corner. How are you going to celebrate it? And do you have any staple dishes that you prepare specifically for
1: the oh, I love the seafood, of course, and, you know, everybody eats a lot of seafood over the weekend. And I think people, if they're aware of where their seafood comes from and how it's farmed, and, um, you know, like I said, the Ag- Ag- Agricultural Stewardship Council's responsibility for farmed seafood is important. I think the awareness now of all of those issues around farming, but not only that, how we, um, how we get our food too. This generation is pushing a lot of those issues through climate change and just putting their voice out. And, um, you know, it's it's great that that's happening. And it's great for people to understand that Easter is a big seafood weekend, basically, for a lot of people. And um, just to think a little bit about, you know, their seafood, where it comes from, because we do import a lot of seafood from overseas, yet we've got this amazing amazing seafood in our own backyard.
2: Yeah. And before we wrap up, uh, what are your plans, the nearest plans, and uh, where can uh, one see or even taste your famous dishes?
1: Well, I live in Wollongong. We have a, a cafe down in uh, State, uh State Reserve. It's a, a park that overlooks this iconic beach. We do a lot of our, um, our indigenous food from a, a, a small kiosk but very, very um, unique location, stunning views. And um people come from you know, the Southern Highlands, we have visitors come down from Sydney to come to the park. The campers, they come and get their coffees and lemon myrtle muffins and seed and rye berry, you know, slices. And um it's quite unique and we've got a great, great um, yeah, following down there. But look, you know, the AUC encourages everyone, like I said, uh, Bertram. About this weekend, with the C to see transforming the industry towards responsible practices across the chain. So, choose the ASC Green Label and make a difference today. Or they can go to the website and uh, have a look, which is you know au.asc/aqua.org/made. But look, you'll be able to look that up and find it. I'll definitely
2: look it up and uh, put it, uh, publish it uh, on uh, our website. Well, Mark Olive, thank you very much for talking to us on Short Notice and Happy Easter.
1: You too, mate. And have a good weekend. And um, everybody and all your listeners, have a great Easter.
0: NITV Radio. Share our stories on Facebook.
2: And uh, that's all for this uh, Friday afternoon. I am Bertrand Tungendami. Bertrand Tungendami, uh, thanking you for your company this uh, Friday afternoon. And also wishing you a safe and a happy Easter weekend. Till next time, bye for now. Yalou.